This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And this morning, we're going to talk about voting, registering to vote. We won't tell you who to vote for, but we'll tell you who you can vote for. Good morning, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. And I tell you what an honor it is to have Secretary Hoseman on today. Uh, He uh, has been the Secretary of State since 2008. Uh, Before that, he was a really prominent lawyer. He was selected as one of the best lawyers in America for 18 years in a row uh, when he practiced at Phelps Dunbar. And uh, I think one thing that people don't realize is not only is he a graduate of our law school, but he also has a an LLM in taxation from New York University School of Law. So he's a tax lawyer uh, as well as secretary of state. Thank you, and it's good to good to talk to you again. I appreciate it. appreciate all your good work for the University of Mississippi School of Law. Well, thank you so much. It's so great to have you on today. Yeah, Secretary, you get uh, brownie points for having the the law, the tax law degree from Professor Gerson. That just means I could never make up my mind what I wanted to do. <laughs> and, then, and then when I got to my 50s, I took a wrong turn and got into politics. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I missed the tax stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Well, we, we appreciate your public service very much. And, you oh, know, we enjoyed it. We're going to talk about elections today, but also I, I don't know if people realize just how much the Secretary of State does with charities, public lands, uh, regulation and enforcement, uh, business form- formation. We could we could spend several shows uh, talking about everything that your office does. Yeah, we we're really a busy group, and I, it wasn't all in the brochure when I when I saw an election for it, but. We, uh, we're the most automated Secretary of State in the country. We take almost 800,000 documents now, uh, electronic, all electronically. We've rewritten all the business laws in Mississippi, uh, which you're right. I was a business lawyer, and so when I, when I got a hold of the business laws, I rewrote them all, LLCs, corporations, securities, charities, trademarks. Uh, I wrote the autism bill, just a number of different pieces of legislation, and we're doing a notary public bill this year and a probate code, so it'll be cheaper, less expensive for families lose a loved one to be able to get the assets moved. So we, we've been real busy in, in the business area, which was something I, I had some experience in anyway. And in the elections area, we, we manage um, we manage 600,000 acres of public land. And uh, we've increased our 16th section land, which all of which goes to the schools. We, we should hit, in my 12 years, we should hit $1 billion in revenue from those. I work real hard on those. And we also, I believe, that uh, we need to have public lands. And so we've acquired uh, over 20,000 acres now and a uh, and an island, Cat Island, with virtually uh, no uh, state money involved, either private sources or from federal government or grants. I, r- I raise the money, and all of that now is owned by the public in Mississippi. So 
I think I've acquired more public land than any other Secretary of State ever. And I, I really believe that that's important um, as we can continue to expand. People need to have access with their daughters and sons and daughters and family to, to the outdoors and, and fishing and hunting and just all the outdoor activities that go on that Mississippi is so famous for. So we've expanded a lot of that and got an island now for us, Cat Island. It's just a beautiful piece, and it's going to be pristine forever, and uh, it'll always be owned by our children and our grandchildren. So, yeah, we're, we've been pretty busy lately. And that's to say nothing about what's going on in the next few weeks with getting ready for voting. Well, I'm visiting with the president today, and I plan to talk to him about that. Uh, we... Um, we had an abysmal turnout. I know we're going to get into that in a minute. We had an abysmal turnout in the primaries, the Democrats and the Republicans. The parties run those primaries, not the government. And I've always been opposed to the government running a party primary. They do that in other states, but I don't think I don't think the government ought to be in a party primary. So with that said, they they ran one, and we only had 13 percent of the people show up. So 87 percent of the people didn't vote for a nominee for the Democratic Party, which is a very contested race. And and in the Republican Party, which we had a sitting senator, so it was probably more understandable, and we'd have less turnout for that. But um, it was pretty disappointing, I think. Well, we're going to have only positive Mississippians spoken here, as some of the billboards say. Right. And and talk about the the way we can move forward. Um, Looking at the website, I love poking around websites. SOS.ms.gov has... So much information, more than we can cover right now. We'll touch on a little bit. One of the things is the calendar. And in September, we're now into October. So in September, the absentee ballots were available. And but now we're getting closer to uh, voter registration cutoff. We are. And it said um, uh, circuit clerk's offices have uh, different may have different hours in different counties. But on the 6th, they they must be open from 8 a.m. until noon. Right. And then the in-person voter registration deadline is Monday the 8th. Yes, um, we, uh, we're getting everybody to register to vote. That's the first step, and you have to be registered 30 days before the election. That's why those time frames are in there in order to be able to cast a ballot. So this is it's, it's go time for y'all. to. You can download an application off our, off our website and, and mail it in, uh, of course. You can do that, or you can go by the circuit clerk's office today or tomorrow or, or any time, and they're going to be open on Saturday. So the circuit clerks are working hard to make it available, and there's no, no real reason to miss the filing deadline. Everybody that's already registered to vote, of course, will, will be on the vote rolls already, but we're, we're pushing hard to get young people registered to vote. We had uh, last Tuesday, I think um, we had all of the universities have sign-up sheets, you know, on their main quads and stuff, signing up young men and women to vote. And so we were at Mississippi State University, and then there were 10 other universities that had, had the same thing. So we're, we're hopeful we'll get our young people registered to vote. But the deadline's here, so everybody needs to go. And what I like about the Mississippi mail-in voter registration application is that if you double print it, you don't even need an envelope. Yeah, you, you can just go, you fold, fold it, it, it over. And stick a stamp on it. Yeah, we try to make it as easy as possible. We have 1.8 million people registered to vote in Mississippi. And uh, we have about 3 million people here. So um, we we have a, a decent uh, registration application. You know, that's only people, of course, over 18 citizens of the United States and of the state of Mississippi uh, have to have lived here. But um, we're, we're running somewhere in about 80% re- registration, which is higher than the country's average. 
my senior year of high school, I was disappointed. My birthday was in May, so the yeah. folks who had birthdays in the fall okay, were able September. to register to vote. And voted. But one thing that a lot of people may not know, especially with our senator election, that if there's a runoff, now you can you can if you don't turn 18 by the election date but you do turn 18 by the runoff date That's you can register yeah which is 3 weeks from Tuesday so you can add I think it's the 27th you can add 3 weeks from uh, the election day and and as long as you would have registered like uh, October 15th even even though you couldn't cast a ballot in the first one you wouldn't be on the voter rolls but you will be on the voter rolls for the second one so uh, so it, even though you may miss Saturday but our, our real goal right Right now, we don't need to be playing those games about hoping there's a runoff or predicting a runoff. What we really need to do is make sure that everybody registers to vote here in the next couple of days. That's right. And And, and one other thing about that, and you're on to this point, if you've moved, uh, which we have, the legislature gave us the authority to change your address online. So we, you can go on uh, Secretary of State's website, SOSMSGov, and, and you can go to where, if you have your voter registration card and your driver's license, you can change. If you, if you move from Madison County to Hines or you move from Jackson County to Hancock County, you can go online and actually change your registration. That way, when you show up at the polls, you'll be on the right poll book in the right precinct, and they'll show you, you'll show you that. Otherwise, you'll vote absentee. It'll still be counted because you're a citizen and everything, but it's just easier for you when you go in. You know, they, they say, you know, I'm Delbert Hoseman, and they're, oh, yeah, you're in the right precinct. So you can change your precinct online if you've moved in. A lot of a lot of people have moved. We've had several thousand people actually change their addresses online. Real easy. You can sit at the kitchen table at night and do it. So to remind everybody, Monday is the deadline for in-person registering to vote. Tuesday is the deadline to have your uh, voter registration postmarked, and you can print it off very easy from the website. And you can't register to vote online, but if you're already registered to vote, you can. If you have any changes that you need to make, you can make it online. You can make it online, and we encourage everybody to do that. It's been real successful. People have. Now, um, a lot of homes are, uh, have two working spouses in them, and, and it's um, it's difficult to get, you know, you get off work, you know, you go to work at 730 in the morning, and you get off work at 5, and it's crowded getting home, so it's hard to go by. The clerks being open on Saturday are a good thing, but this downloading is real easy to do. And then if you've moved, if you've changed your counties or precincts, you can go online and do it. That's very helpful. We're trying to do everything we can to make it as easy as possible to cast a ballot. I think that's fabulous. Uh, to I mean, that's part of being American is to participate in our elections. Yeah, you know, um, um, that's re- that's really important what you just said. We have a, a right to cast a ballot, and um, there's been a lot of, of people struggled uh, for that right and died for that right and fought in wars for that right, and so so many uh, people before us, 200 years of history to allow us to cast that ballot. So to me, it's also an obligation. Um, we we had the 155th go overseas here about two months, three months ago now. They're in, uh, well, they started in Kuwait. They left for a year. That's 3,200 Mississippians. They left for an entire year. And uh, their wives and husbands are all back here, and their children are back here, and they won't be home for football games or Christmas or Easter, for that matter. And um, 
how are you going to tell them what they're doing in the Middle East is not important enough for you to go cast a ballot? I mean, what are you going to tell them when they come home? I could have cast a ballot, but, you know, I was real busy. They were real busy in their lives, too, their economic lives, their personal lives, everything else. And uh, we can't take 10 minutes and get in our truck and go cast a ballot. I just, I, I just can't understand that. I mean, it doesn't compute for me. So I, I would encourage everybody, um, you have that right to cast a ballot, but you also have an obligation to your fellow citizens that fought in the wars and did so many things for us, and now that are standing in harm's way today. I mean, 3,200 of them, plus we have a whole bunch of others. The 184th is going over in October, and a whole bunch of others. The Army now is composed at least half of National Guard and Reserves. And Mississippians, like the 155th, this is their third tour. I mean, they go about every three years. And uh, you can think about your own career and your own work, and if you jerked yourself out of that about every three or four years and went off for a year, you know, and what's your prospects for moving up the ladder and learning the new skills that you learned to run a robot or something? I, I just I, I just find it kind of amazing that we seem to have lost the um, not so much the right to vote. I think everybody has that now, but the ob- the obligation to your fellow United States citizen to go cast a ballot. We seem to have gotten away from that, and I, I would tell you if. Um, if you were over in these these people in Iraq, um, Jordan, uh, probably in Syria, I don't know that, but who knows where they are in the Middle East. But they're all over there in, uh, in a very difficult place to live, and also uh, people try to kill them. And so y'all think about that when it comes Tuesday morning, and you think, well, you know, I... It's my bridge night, or I'm going to hit my golf ball, or I've got something else. I'm going to fix my truck. Well, take 10 minutes and go cast a ballot. All right. Uh, We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll tell you how even the Secretary of State will give you a ride. Give you a ride to get there. We'll talk about voter ID. We'll talk about vote in honor. So if you have any questions about voting, man, this is your time. This is your time. We've got Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman here with us. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email, legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now, we realize that not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live. If you've missed any of this program, this would be a great program to listen to uh, in the future if you've missed any of it. You can listen to the whole thing at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. 
It'll also be available on the MPB Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. We're talking talking about voting today, and we've got our special guest, Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman. So, Professor Gershon, have you what kind of uh, voter activity signs information have you seen up at the university? Well, it's been very active. The students are active, and I'm really proud of my 17-year-old daughter who's a high school senior and won't be able to vote because she doesn't turn 18 until next March. But she volunteered at the library this past week to help register people to vote. So, you know, a lot of activity, even by people who are not uh, able to vote yet. But I I really so appreciate what uh, Secretary Hoseman said about the responsibility to vote. I think, you know, we learn in tax school that benefits follow burdens. Burdens follow benefits. And, you know, that... I think people forget that. They say, I have a right to do something. That becomes a responsibility as well. And that's how our society functions best. All right. I agree with that. Let's talk a little bit about getting to the polls. Uh, there's a program where y'all give folks a ride to get there. They do. You've got it all printed out there. I see. <laughs> uh, we, you're also on our website. You can go back and we have y'all vote. And the all vote has all of that information uh, about how you who you can who you can call and and also how you can contact us with questions and it uh, also discusses voter ID which as you as y'all may know we just instituted four years ago in Mississippi and um, real proud of the fact of our real proud of our citizens there uh, we were the only state I think that didn't get sued um, Texas all Georgia Indiana North Carolina uh, I mean all all of them got sued except for us. And uh, I think there's a, I know, there's a dozen or two uh, states that have voter ID. Not all states do. But in our particular case, uh, we have, uh, we instituted voter ID, and the citizens showed up with an ID. And on there, on that same website, you'll see where if you don't have an ID, we will come pick you up, as you're mentioning. We'll take you to the to the circuit clerk's office. We'll take your picture. We'll look up your birth certificate for you, and we'll issue you an ID. And we have actually issued over 6,000 of those to Mississippians uh, since we started this process. And those are people that would have never had an ID, don't have a driver's license, for example, and had no identification for a whole lot of other things, uh, financial matters or, or I don't know, whatever, you know, going to the drugstore, I guess. So having a, a voter ID has been very beneficial. It, it's turned... It turned out to be, in, instead of something we disenfranchised uh, people over, it turned out that we enfranchised thousands of Mississippians who would have never had an ID that have one now. So that same program is available if you need a, you know, uh, ability to get to the polls or you need an ID, we'll come get you and take you over there. We pay for everything. There's no expense involved at all. That's right. And it's not only if you haven't driven for a while they even accept uh expired ids if it's not more than 10 years old right uh you need to it needs to have a photograph and be validly issued by the federal or state government but there are all kinds of ids that are uh available a driver's license 
any kind of ID by a branch or department or entity of the state of Mississippi, a passport, a government employee ID card, a firearms license, a student photo ID by an accredited <laughs> Mississippi yeah, University. You know, the other states didn't do that. Yeah. And uh, they, when I looked at it, that was something that the Justice Department had hammered one of the states on and whatnot. When, when they were fighting with South Carolina, they had a trial. We went to the trial and listened to the government experts, and they were saying it's always too far to get an ID. So we we put one in every circuit clerk's office. There's 92 of them around Mississippi. Right. Nobody lives within more than 20 minutes from one. And then they said, and you don't let college IDs. I said, well, we're putting college IDs in in Mississippi because, first of all, um, I can't hardly get college people interested in voting anyway. Uh, we we try really hard. I was at the University of Mississippi State the other day. I was telling you and trying to get people motivated, our students motivated, to realize that uh, the future of the country uh, sits on the ballot box. Now, the, the people you elect in this election was like two senators, 2% of, of the entire senators in the whole country will be elected from Mississippi. And they'll determine education funding. You know, you got student debt. What do you think about that? Uh, they determine taxation when you get out, hopefully get a job, try to pay off your college expenses or junior college expenses. They determine whether we go to war. Uh, I mean, you pick it. I mean, it's all in there. And for some reason, there, there's uh, there's a gap between um, our, our younger generation and, and the ballot box, and we've been trying to overcome that gap. So one of the things you can, if you're if you've got a college ID issued by a community college or university in Mississippi, you can go use that to cast a ballot if you don't have a driver's license. Now, listen, folks, this is your chance. We've got Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman here. So if you have a question about voting, uh, give us a call. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's prefix 877. Now, don't do the area code of where you live. We've gotten some complaints from folks that they've gotten calls from uh, uh, trying to call our show. So it's prefix 877 Six seven two seven four six four. Now, if you do need help getting to the circuit clerk's office, if you are an eligible Mississippi voter and need transportation assistance, the Secretary of, Cert- of State's office will provide a free ride to your circuit clerk's office to get a voter Mississippi voter ID call. The free hotline, now don't call this right now unless you want to call it right now. That's not the call for us. Their number is 1-844-MS-VOTER. That's 844-MS-VOTER, which is 678 Eight three seven. Tell them where you live. They'll give you the name of local transportation providers to contact to make travel arrangements to fit your needs. The transportation provider will pick you up, take you to the circuit clerk's office, and bring you home. And there will be no charge for your ride. It's easy and it's free. And if you don't get that information, it's on our on the website. Good job. All right. <laughs> um, uh, you were telling me, uh, I was talking with your office about the vote in honor of a soldier program. Yes. This, this year, um, go, going back to the 155th that went overseas, I, I went to some of their uh, going away things that they do at the armories around Mississippi and Amory and these other places. And the families would all be there and the little children would run around and moms and dads. And, of course, you got a first sergeant that's really the uh, mother hen of all, all of them. You wouldn't say that to the 
for a sergeant who probably beat you up, but uh, he's he's the one that really keeps up with them. You got a commanding officer there to make those decisions and whatnot. And you and I and I got to, to visit with them, and they invited me out to Fort Bliss where they were doing their final training. And I went out to Fort Bliss and stayed a couple of days there, watching them go go through their training and whatnot. And and then I uh, went to Gulfport when they shipped all their equipment out of Gulfport, which is a really a big deal. Gulfport is now going to be a strategic port for shipping uh, our military overseas. That's a really big that's a really big thing and a real plus for Gulfport. They've done a really good job with that. So as I, I was thought about all of that, I said, you know what we need to do. Um, so I, I bought uh, yellow ribbons for every precinct in Mississippi, and we have shipped those to the circuit clerks. So on uh, when you go to vote on on this this time for your senators, there will be a yellow ribbon on the precinct to remind ourselves of our why we're voting. And we also started this vote in honor of a soldier. We started our own wall, electronic wall. So you can go on our website. You'll see it down towards the bottom left hand there, the front of the front page of sos.ms.gov. And we've asked people to vote in honor of a veteran or, or their fathers. My, my, mine is my father, who was, who was in World War II, uh, enlisted. We dropped out of the University of Mississippi and uh, enlisted, uh, went through their – back then you came an officer. You had eight weeks of school, and you were not in major an officer. And then he went into something called Scouts and Raiders, which turns out to be now the Navy SEALs that actually train in Mississippi down at on Hancock County. And then he was shipped over to the Pacific. Um, they dropped the atom bomb, and eventually he was part of the occupation forces in um, in Japan. And he came back, and I can remember this part, all of them gathering around a barbecue pit in our backyard, all of these servicemen and women trading, you know, trading their stories about what went on in the war. And back then in Vicksburg, they, had, they took a sub. There were so many of these men, you know, had fought. They bought a sub-chaser uh, named the Prescott. I can still remember the name of it. It was named the Prescott, and uh, it was docked in Vicksburg. And on the weekends, all these sailors would get back on the ship and sail up and down the Mississippi River. Um, uh, I doubt if they found any submarines, but I think they had a good time. And they stayed as uh, uh, banded together for, uh, you know, the trials of that of a war band those people together so much. And they stayed together a long time. Eventually, the Prescott, of course, was scuttled and, and taken away. But uh, So uh, we're putting everybody who signs up on the wall, we send them a sticker that says, I voted in honor of a soldier with a big yellow ribbon on it. And we want you to wear that on Election Day. Uh, wear it to the office. So everybody says, you know, Caesar, yeah, I voted. I voted in honor of a veteran or a soldier that's over there now. And the wall has already, uh, there's a whole bunch of people that started signing up on it. I forget, there's 50 or 100 on there now already. So we, we'll, once you sign up, we, we get your mailing address, we send you this uh, button to wear, this, this sticker to say a yellow ribbon on it to vote in honor of a veteran. We'll send you that to wear on Election Day. And it's just another way for us to remember our right and our obligation, same thing we talked about a minute ago. So sign up and put it on the wall. There's a lot of World War II, some Vietnams on there, some current people, some current individuals that are serving now. And, and the stories are much like my father's, um, very heartfelt uh, memories of, of people who served our country. All right. Well, we need to take our next break. And if you're trying to give us a call, I'm sorry you can't because our lines are full. When we come back, we'll speak with uh, – 
people from Edwards, Tupelo, Ocean Springs, and Tupelo. You're big in Tupelo. Um, this is That's in, my mother calling. <laughs> <laughs> this is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Gershon is our expert from the University of Mississippi School of Law, and today our guest is Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman. Have you looked at the sample ballot yet, uh, Professor Gershon? I have, and in fact, uh, if people want to look at some great information online, Liz, uh, uh, www.sos.ms.gov has great election information, great information about charitable organizations. I go on that website uh, quite often. And as uh, Secretary Hoseman mentioned, it is really uh, one of the best, if not the best, uh, governmental websites that you're going to use because it's got so much useful information. You know, we have um, we have won, I think, 11 or 12 national and international awards for the website. Fantastic. I, I know. We have got the brightest people working <laughs> for us. Uh, you just wouldn't believe what they dream up and they come up with, and, it, and it's, uh, it's just phenomenal. And they, um, for example, one of the things from being from my, you know, being my tax background and small business background, I, I know that Mississippi businesses can get information. They can compete with anybody in the world. So we started Y'all Business, and I've analyzed every county in the state, not only their population, but we bought all of this demographic data that we got from the census, but we bought all this information on consumers. So I predict uh, the population growth in every county in Mississippi. I'll, I'll tell you how many people own an iPad, uh, where every restaurant is located, where every bank is located, what, what how many people drive, uh, people drive down a street, uh, what your water is, how what your school system's doing. Just tremendous amounts of information that small businesses in Mississippi can use. And uh, it's all on our website. It's all free. It's the same thing that Walmart or Target would get if they came in and analyzed your county. And it's being used a lot. We have hundreds of thousands of people who are going on there and getting the financial data to make a reasonable business decision. So here, I, I get compliments on it all the time. And I, and I get the compliments, but I'll tell you who <laughs> deserves it is our staff. They're awesome. Well, we're, we're glad they're, they're Mississippians. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, we've got a number of calls. Let's first go to Edwards. Jeremy, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Hey, how y'all doing today? We're yeah. great. Thanks for calling in. So I registered to vote when I was 18, and I'm 29 now, and, I, and I'm and i wondering, because I haven't voted, uh, if I need to re-register to vote or if I just need to go update my information, or what do I need to do? You don't need to do anything. Uh, if you're on, we're on the voter rolls, you'll continue to be on them. And, um, uh, the only times that you don't that you get purged from the voter rolls, obviously death and, the, and other things. But if, uh, in fact, uh, you don't show up for jury duty, if they send you a, a packet of information, you don't show up for jury duty, uh, then they'll send you a card to your last known address saying, "Are you still here in Mississippi?" And if you don't respond to either one of those, then they'll take you off the voter rolls. But as long but if your you're, address is the same, right? You should be in the same precinct if you've lived there the same ten years you since you right. registered in nineteen. Well, I, uh, 
I, I moved to Oxford and I moved around a little bit, and I don't know if I ever got that letter to ask if I was to keep me on the roll. Right. Well, wherever you don't, you don't have to give it out on the radio, but wherever you're living right now, I would call the circuit clerk's office or go on Y'all Vote and with your uh, registration card and your driver's license, and you can put yourself in the Edwards Precinct for Hines County and, ca- and make sure that the voter rolls will have you there. And uh, okay. it'll show you on there. Y'all vote. You can do it over line, or you can call the circuit clerk's office, and they'll, they're always real helpful. But you don't even have to do that. You can, you can go to Y'all Vote at night and check it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. And don't forget to cast a ballot now. You're 10 years behind. <laughs> yes, sir. You know All what right. that means, of course. He's never voted for me now. I don't know why I even answered that. <laughs> Come right. on, Jeremy. Get out there, man. <laughs> okay, Tupelo, Mike, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Hello, Secretary Hoseman. Hey, hey Mike. How are you today? My question is based on a program we watched on MPB last night about uh, it was point of view about the dark money that comes from the uh, 503C4s mm-hmm. uh, often in the last 30 days of an election yeah. that uh, really has had a big influence in some states. Yes. And uh, just wondered what the Secretary of State's office did as far as monitoring that and just kind of what the effect has been. I apologize for my dog barking. No, that's quite all right. Everybody's got a good dog. And I, and I, I would I would say uh, these are federal elections, of course, and they're governed by federal law. And um, there was a case, United, that came out that basically opened the door for corporate contributions in political campaigns, which uh, there are significant ones now. So they sometimes they don't give to the candidate. Uh, you know, like if, if you give a contribution to me or to Governor Bryan or something like that, we list that on ours. On federal, they, they're required to list it on a federal registration form, which is different from our states that Governor Bryan and I and, and, and the other statewide officials would list it on, as well as our as our members of the House and the Senate also have to register with us. And I'll put those on the website uh, where you can you can find and look up everybody that's a statewide official. On this, on the dark money one, I expect he's talking about money that comes into the federal elections, like the Senate elections in uh, a number of different states have a number of different economic interest uh, groups that come in. And uh, it's not regulated, really. You know, the truth be known, they can say, uh, you know, it's First Amendment. They can say just darn near anything they want to about you. And um, a lot of times in campaigns now, they're, they spend in the last 30 days stamping out fires that are just inaccurate, you know. And um, there's not really any control over that. Uh, after Citizens United the case, um, uh, everybody can give money to whatever they want to, and, and that, there's been a lot of discussion about that in the country, about those unlimited funds going for really special interest groups. And you'll see them on there. They're not supposed to be coordinated with the campaign, and uh, that's federal law. And uh, there's been some discussions about that in the last presidential election about coordinating PACs with uh, campaigns. You're not supposed to do that. Um, everybody thinks that's a, a, a hazier wall than maybe ought to be there. And uh, in any event, you're not supposed to. So these PACs run separate ads uh, based on whatever their interests will be. And I, I've already seen them in our Senate races here. And I, and I anticipate you'll see more of them. All right. Well, Mike, but they're we, not state, and we don't control them. Mike, we appreciate you being an MPB listener and an MPB TV viewer. Let's now go to Ocean Springs. Brian, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so thanks for having me on. Um, I, um, I well, I was in Ocean Springs when I called, but I, I, I work out of Gulfport. I'm at the CB base. I'm the public affairs officer at the CB base, and uh, I just wanted to comment about uh, you know talking about voting registration, things like that. Uh, we have um, designated personnel in each organization on uh, well, every military installation has this, but specifically, I'm going to talk about the CB base. Uh, designated uh, voter. Uh, uh, guides uh, for back, lack of a better term people that will uh, educate the force um, we have about 7,000 people on our base uh, people who will educate the force of what uh, things what types of things are coming up on the ballot who's uh, who's up for uh, elections and re-elections and things like that who's running and uh, how to uh, how to register but also assistance with um, uh, out of state uh, elections stuff like that so uh, absentee ballots and things like that and then also so uh, assistance with, the, in the case of our CBs, they deploy a lot. So they're, you know, they may be registered here in uh, in Gulfport to uh, to to vote, but they'll be in Africa or you know Southwest Asia or somewhere like that. Uh, how to how to go about the process of absentee ballots, things like that. So uh, I just thought that was an interesting point that uh, the listeners would want to know about that that we actually do have a lot of Mississippi voters and and voters you know countrywide right here at Gulfport stationed here. Yes, thank you. We uh, each unit, um, and first of all, stay in Mississippi when you retire. We want you here. Uh, we, we like we like our, our our military over them. We have a large amount of them on the coast. Uh, they they have access to hospital care and the and the commissary and whatnot. Every unit has an election officer that's assigned to it, and and um, I I became very concerned about them voting. The military doesn't vote as a higher percentage as uh, as regular citizens do. So Mississippi has taken the lead in electronic voting and we are voting right now. We start 45 days out. We are voting military people right now from uh, Kuwait and all over. And about eight years ago or or longer, I guess now, I went to Afghanistan and Iraq uh, and Kuwait and and, then back to Germany, the military base there for wounded warriors. And I went out to make sure that they actually cast a ballot. You know, it used to be that you just sent a postcard. Well, that doesn't work anymore. The CBs are embedded with the Marines, are embedded with the Navy, and embedded with the Army, and so they're, they're, they're mixed a lot. So we really had to push this electronic voting. And I was, uh, first of all, it's just amazing when you go over to Afghanistan and actually uh, go around with these men that are fighting our, our wars for our country, uh, how dedicated, how bright, articulate, you know, how, how futuristic they look to the future. They, they are, believe in a cause. They're all volunteers. So it's very, uh, it's very encouraging for, uh, I think, Americans to see the, the dedication of those individuals. And we try to make it easier for them, make it sure that they can vote. And quite frankly, I'll be going back here. Uh, I'll be going back to the Middle East before the next election. I, I just feel like we have an obligation to go over there and encourage them to cast their ballot. And um, I'll, I'll be going back to the Middle East. Well, and we wish you a safe trip, and of course, everyone is all proud of our Mississippians that oh, that yeah. serve our country. Oh, they're fun. It's just phenomenal. If you have, you know them in your community, but if you if you knew them at war, uh, you would see um, how proud you ought to be of our country. All right, let's go back to Tupelo. Alice, thanks for calling in today. Oh, thank you, and um, hello, everybody. Um, I had a question about. Um, people who have served time in prison and are now out and um, find themselves disenfranchised 
from voting. Um, I was just wondering if you would address that issue in our state, and um, I'll just let y'all talk about that. Yes, ma'am. Prior to this time, there are 13 disenfranchising crimes. Those are murder and rape and some some odd ones, timber theft and some others. And the attorney general has expanded those definitions to 21 disenfranchising crimes. Uh, You can be a pedophile or you can be a drug dealer in Mississippi and you still vote. Uh, So they are sporadic. But Uh, not if you've carjacked someone. uh, Yeah, If you look at at the ones that are exclusioning, they are sporadic. We have probably 300 felonies and about 20 of them disenfranchise you. So that has been a matter of some concerns, and uh, I, I don't mind releasing this now, but uh, we have had members of the legislature c- contact our office in the last month or two with bills that would allow for an automatic enfranchisement, reenfranchisement. And those are, uh, I'll tell you how those are working or how they're proposed to come to the legislature this year. Um, the right now you have to go get a member of the legislature and you have to uh, get reenfranchised by the legislature and there's a committee of the legislature that meets to decide that you are now a citizen worthy of casting a ballot after you've had this murder or rape or these other things that you have done been convicted of as a felon the statutory scheme that I'm seeing now would allow reenfranchise on a more automatic basis and that would be after you have served all of your time plus any probation and also uh, paid any restitution that you had uh, that was owed to you. Once you pass that threshold, then you would automatically be re-enfranchised. I think the legislature would still maintain its ability to re-enfranchise you prior to that time. But uh, on a more automatic basis, these individuals who have committed these crimes uh, would be able to be re-enfranchised. Now, that that legislation is going to be proposed this year. I've seen some that uh, they've sent to us for kind of comment. Not, you know, we're not in the legislature. We're in the election business. So uh, I don't know what the final bill will look like, but I anticipated it will, it will revolve around um, some automatic for these crimes that don't maybe don't involve rape or murder uh, that would be an automatic reenfranchisement after you've taken those steps. You know, you've, you've done your sentence and your uh, probation time and you haven't committed another crime and you paid your restitution, then there would be a more automatic uh, reinstitution of your voting rights. Um, I expect that to come up. The uh, ones that I'm seeing are from leaders in the legislature on the Republican side. So that's usually a pretty good sign that it'll it'll come out. So I think it'll it'll go to the elections committee on the Senate and the House. That's us. Senator um, uh, Kevin is um, like it's on the uh, Senate side, and that's uh, the representative is Denny on the House of Representatives side. Kevin Blackwell on the Senate side. Bill Denny is my representative. Well, he'll, he'll it'll come to him if it goes, and he'll have a as chairman he'll have a lot of a lot of word on whether that goes forward or not. But I know the bills are being introduced, and because we're seeing them asking for comments about how that would affect the election process, and our comment mainly is along the line of we don't want to leave our circuit clerks with trying to find out if somebody was convicted in Harrison and trying to vote in Lee whether or not he's done all of the work he's supposed to be done. So there probably have to be a centralized location for that. And normally that'd be the Department of Corrections or uh, somebody somebody that keeps up with those records, uh, even though you may have committed your crime in another county. Circuit clerks wouldn't have knowledge of all other 81 counties. So there's, there's some logistical things, I think, that they're asking for our comments on. 
All right. Well, we have one more break to take. Uh, this has been a fantastic show. We're speaking with Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman. We're talking about voting. We've got midterm elections coming up. Um, what's your favorite political movie? Do you have one? Uh, I think well, we'll we'll maybe mention one, but to also give out that phone number for getting an ID for getting a, a voter ID to the a ride to the circuit clerk's office. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now, remember, if you've missed any of this program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash In Legal Terms. That's number one. Number two, you can listen to us on the MPB Media app, as are all of our local shows. And number three, uh, it's a podcast. So if you have a podcast app, Stitcher or Podcast Addict, you can look for In Legal Terms and download the shows. When I'm walking my dog, sometimes I just can't. Uh, stream things, so I like to download things. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Uh, Professor Gershon, do you like political movies? I do, Liz, I do. Uh, You know, um, from various points of view, so yes. uh, You know, is there one that is your favorite? Well, I like them, you know, uh, you can't go wrong with uh, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, but it seems like so many of the the political election ones, they're disappointing. <laughs> they're, they're not uplifting. They've got shenanigans. How about you, uh, Secretary of State Holzman? Holzman? I, I still like Dancing with Wolves. Yeah. It doesn't have anything, anything to do with this. But I think all the president's men and some of those are all good. But I guess if you're living it, it's not as much fun to watch. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. We want to remind all of our listeners that Monday is the last day to register to vote at the circuit clerk's office. And if you need a ride to get a voter ID, because you do need a voter ID to vote, and if you don't have one, you can get a free a trip to the the circuit clerk's office if you can't get yourself there that number is 18446786837 monday is the last day to register to vote in person Tuesday is the deadline to have your voter registration postmarked. Uh, the website has a 
fantastic. You can just click on it and print out a voter registration, and you don't even need an envelope. You just fold it over, tape it, stick a stamp on it. And tell us a little bit about the the, the ballot. What all are folks going to be uh, voting for in uh, six well, months? The top of the ballot uh, is for the United States Senate, and the first one on there is um, David Barrier and Roger Wicker and Danny Bedwell and Sean O'Hara. And then there is a special election. That's the second one on every ballot, and that is for Mr. Barty, Mr. Espy, uh, Ms. Hyde-Smith, and Mr. McDaniel. And each of these uh, four congressional races are on the ballot, and, of course, it will only be one on, on wherever you're voting. There will only be one. The first district is Mr. Kelly, who is an incumbent Republican, and Mr. Watkins is challenging him and Ms. O'Hara Hill. But anyway, each one of the counties have their own uh, have their own U.S. Hop- member of the House of Representatives. That'll show up on your ballot. Then most of you will have a Chantry Court judge and a Circuit Court judge on your ballot. Many of those, about half of them, are unopposed. Uh, but there are several hot, very hot races uh, around Mississippi that are, that are on the ballot. Um, and you'll, you'll be able, I, I would encourage you to pay attention, obviously, to your United States Senator. We're electing two of them, which we never, well, almost never do in Mississippi. But in addition to that, pay attention to your um, members of the, the judges. And like in Octavahaw County, I think all of them have retired. All three of them are up. So you'll be electing a whole new, new set of the judiciary. When I'm out in these schools, we, we have something called Promote the Vote, and we're out all over Mississippi getting uh, getting young people in junior high, middle schools, and high schools. Uh, we're getting them to cast the same ballot that you'll be casting and getting them into the electoral process discussing civics and whatnot. And I remind them that that, um, that our country and our state is a three-legged stool, the judicial, which is what will be on the ballot this time, the executive, which I'm, I'm a member of, the governor and the rest of us, and then the legislative, which will be the members of the House and the Senate. And that three-legged stool will really, really rest on the ballot box. So where you're going, all of those people who make any decisions for you are elected. That's what we all have in common. Each one of us are elected. So this this time you elect the judicial part. Next next year will be the um, uh, executive part, where you elect a new governor and members of the House and Senate. But this year you get to elect the judicial part of your uh, of your tripod. So we encourage everybody to pay close attention. Those are very important. Um, they resolve all the contract disputes between people, uh, child support cases, divorces, uh, estates, uh, just everything. Everything that goes on that a law is passed on uh, is interpreted by the judiciary. And you do have to do a little bit of homework because they're nonpartisan. So if they you are. usually are uh, one ticket, uh, one party, you don't know who anybody is, and you need to make your own informed decision. Secretary of State Delbert Hosman, we are so proud that you've taking time out of your here. busy schedule to be with us today. Well, I told the president not to come till 5 so I could come here. <laughs> we, we appreciate uh, his uh, uh, keeping yeah, up. He's keeping deferred time so we could have our time, you know. Great. All right, so this is going to wrap us up for today. Our call screener for today has been Michelle McAdoo, and our board engineer has been Jay White. So for, for Professor Richard Gershon at the University of Mississippi School of Law, I am Liz Gill, and up next is our Tuesday Southern Remedies show, Relatively Speaking. But we hope you'll join us again next Tuesday. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 